No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at more sayings from King Solomon about wisdom building a house, making one strong, and being honey to the soul. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Proverbs chapter 24 on Simply the Bible. We are all either in the construction business or the demolition business. We're either building up with our words and actions or else we are tearing down. Now Solomon imparts wisdom to us to help us be builders rather than destroyers. We continue in Proverbs 24. Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of troublemaking. It is most natural to envy the wicked. We see them prospering and living high on the hog, and we wonder, how can this be? Is there no justice? David's worship leader Asaph went through this, and he wrote Psalm 73. As for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. So what was Asaph's conclusion? He said, Then I went into the sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. It is interesting that this epiphany occurred to Asaph when he went into the sanctuary of the Lord. I have experienced such a reality check in a worship service. There is something about being in the presence of the Lord with his people that restores your sanity and your eternal perspective. Now, Solomon tells us not to be envious of the wicked or desire to be with them, for their mouth speaks of violence. They seek to destroy with their caustic words, but they will be themselves destroyed. For by our words we will be acquitted, and by our words we will be judged. Verse 3, through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. This could be speaking of a physical house. Wisdom will certainly build and beautify it, but most certainly it is speaking of a spiritual house. We are a spiritual house. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is building His church, and we are His church. We will be firmly established by understanding and obeying His word. This is the only way for the church to be a mighty fortress that withstands the relentless attacks of Satan. 
Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, we must also apply this personally. We must each make the effort to fill the cupboards of our heart with knowledge and understanding of God's Word. When you read your Bible or listen to it in the car via an audio Bible or listen to Bible teaching, then you are storing up precious and pleasant riches in your heart. You are beautifying the walls of your soul. You are strengthening your inner constitution with godly authority. You are equipping your armory with spiritual weapons. Like the 200 large shields of gold that Solomon put in the house of the forest of Lebanon, your house will be filled with shields of faith, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, what's in your house? What are you storing up on the inside? A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength, for by wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. This continues from the previous saying, Wisdom will strengthen you. It will give you the power to say no to evil and to say yes to what is right and true. It will help you speak in any situation with power, conviction, and authority. It will help you tear down spiritual strongholds and cast down Satan's lies. It will help you fight the good fight of spiritual warfare and overcome your flesh, the world, and the devil. The commandments of the Lord will be your counselors to navigate you through any storm. Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. Now the fool cannot get such wisdom as the wise possess. It is too high for him to reach since he has no desire to obtain it. He is content to air his own opinions rather than obtain true knowledge and wisdom. But when he is at the city gate with the leaders of the land, he has nothing to say. He is never consulted by those who are wise, since they know that they will find no wisdom in him. He who plots to do evil will be called a schemer. The devising of foolishness is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to men. The one who plots to do evil is known as a schemer, He searches for ways he can take advantage of others or steal from them, but even the devising or thought of such foolish schemes is sin. We may not be able to control the initial thought that we have, but we can choose to immediately put it out of our mind. Martin Luther said, You cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Sin always begins with a single thought. As James tells us, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. The best way to deal with the sinful thought is to nip it in the bud, as Barney Fife would say. Verse 10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The spiritually immature often faint in the day of adversity. The young prophet Jeremiah was being slandered by the men of his hometown. They were even seeking Jeremiah's life. 
So Jeremiah complained to God, sort of like Asaph's complained about the prosperity of the wicked. Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you, so let me bring you this complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? And the Lord answered Jeremiah, If you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? Things would get much worse for Jeremiah, but God would deliver him. Nevertheless, if we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. Now, the only way God can strengthen us is to permit the adversity. Adversity causes us to seek God and lean on him for the wisdom and strength we need. Adversity tests our faith, but if we will hang in there, then we will grow strong in faith and in courage. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? Now, who is Solomon speaking about here? It could refer to those who are being oppressed. Do we care about them? And if so, do we seek to deliver them? Perhaps they are being oppressed by Satan. Doesn't that describe everyone who is lost, who has been deceived by sin? They are stumbling to the slaughter and they don't even know it. Does this move our hearts? What if our neighbor's house was on fire and we knew our neighbor was inside? Would we attempt to rescue him or her? Wouldn't it be criminal to just let the house burn on top of them if it were in our power to rescue them? Or maybe it is just that the person is committing a sin that leads to death. The Apostle Paul lists for us the works of the flesh in Galatians 5.19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if we see someone who is caught in one of these sins, we should do something. If we say, well, I didn't know that, doesn't God know all things, including our hearts? Instead, the author of Hebrews tells us, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 13, my son, eat honey because it is good and the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect and your hope will not be cut off. So I wonder, do we consider the wisdom of God, the words of God, to be as sweet to us as honey and the honeycomb? If we would, we would no doubt benefit greatly from it, and our hope would not be cut off. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. You know, when you are 
teaching your children how to walk, what do you do? You encourage them and they'll take a few steps and then they will stumble. And when they stumble, what do you do? Do you condemn them for falling? No, of course not. You help them up. You help them take that next step again because you know it is by them falling and getting up again that they will learn to walk. And the same thing is true for us. You know, we may be seeking to serve the Lord, walking with God, and we stumble. We're weak. We fall prey to our sinful nature. But you know what? We don't surprise God. He already knew that. What does God want to do? He wants to pick us up and help us on our way. All we have to do is just acknowledge, Lord, I have sinned. I've fallen. Forgive me. Help me. Strengthen me not to do that again. And God will always help us. He gives grace to the humble. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. And do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him and he turn away his wrath from him. So it could be that your enemy will fall. And Solomon says, don't gloat over that because God may see that and turn his wrath or his discipline away from that man. Instead, we should commit all things to the Lord, not get cocky about it, and let the Lord deal with our enemies the way he sees fit. And if we really want to be perfect, then we will pray for our enemies that God will restore them to righteousness. Great wisdom that can build us up and help us to be builders rather than destroyers. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at more sayings from King Solomon against envying the evildoer and associating with those given to change. Lastly, an ode to a lazy man. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Proverbs on Simply the Bible.